Sebastian is an instinct to go towards people. So uh, it's going out of your way to contact, even if somebody's maybe on the fringe of the church, saying, how can I go towards this person? And you can feel a little bit um, nervous about doing so. You know, what would they make of me? Would they even understand sure, that? Yeah, yeah. I, and, I mean, there's people who come to churches who aren't used to visits from the pastor. That's the thing about small church. We've yeah, had people yeah. from larger churches or city areas come and they're slightly freaked out by the fact that people <laughs> want to know them and the pastor wants to visit. Yeah, they wonder what you're coming for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas that's, uh, and after a while, find that good, like it. Hello and welcome to Independence, the FIEC podcast. My name is Adrian Reynolds. I'm head of national ministries for the FIEC and I'm joined today by Pete Campbell. Hello, Pete. Nice to see you. Hello there. How are Hello. you? Yeah, I'm very well. Glad Good. To be you here. had an early start today to get here. So um, what time are you up this morning to get here? Uh, I was up, well, before six, left the, left the house at six. Well... Um, McDonald's breakfast then on the yeah, way. Yeah, okay. oh, definitely. So you're nicely, you're nicely full of food. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to be talking about pastoral care a little bit today. Uh, but Pete, tell us a little bit about the church so we can sort of set it in context. Um, tell us exactly where it is and tell us a little bit about the, the kind of the nature of the church, will you? Okay, so I'm the pastor of Capel uh, Vron. Uh, Penry and Daedraith. I understand that's difficult for a lot of people to I'm say. I'm not even going to attempt to okay. say that. Okay, so... Um, it's in northwest Wales. Uh, so um, the way I always explain it is um, if Anglesey is the head and the Clean Peninsula is the arm, we are right in the armpit. Um, so just outside Snowdonia. <laughs> that, that could be taken the yeah, wrong way. Yeah, I so, I mean, lots of people from the FIC used to come to, um, I'm going to say this wrong, I realise, but for the uh, for the FIC uh, conference. So not a million miles from there. No, no, okay. very close. Yeah, okay. um, and so we're a um, church that was planted um, in the 60s, kind of early 70s, uh, coming out of work, a uh, Grace Baptist pastor called Mike Perrin uh, established a young people's um, work called the Christian Mountain Centre. Right. Very soon after that, there were um, conversions uh, with English speakers and Welsh speakers and, and a gospel church came out of that and joined the FIC. So you must have the best backdrop of, of any church in the FIC, I think, oh, looking out the window. Well, the window of the toilet is, is amazing. Okay. It's overlooking the, the Renog Mountains. Uh, you can see Harlech Castle. It's, uh, it's so a the toilet spot. is the place to go for right. the view. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and tell us a little bit about the area. What's what's the area like and what's the, the, the community you're in like? So it's a village of about one and a half thousand people. Okay. We've got Porthmadic nearby, which is five or six thousand people. Um, it's the Welsh language Heartlands. So um, the village is, is 75% Welsh speaking. Um, and uh, it is a big tourist area. So um, I think uh, Snowdonia gets something like two to three million tourists a year. And we're right in that in the heart. So does that, that have an effect, that must have an effect on the church, doesn't it? Does, does the church kind of yeah the main, change in the summer? Yeah, in yeah. The so season? we're used to getting um, holiday makers. Uh, a lot of people from all kinds of different churches come. There's not many English language um, services locally. There's there's churches in um, Cricketh nearby, um, in Bala and in Bangor, but you know the people have got to seek those out yeah. so we do yeah. our congregation goes up okay. summer and is the church itself english speaking yeah I had, I had a look at the website it, it, dual language website yes but an english speaking church that yeah one. so the way that we've said it uh, we went through some vision and values a few years ago is that we conduct ourselves in the medium of english 
I'm an English speaker. I don't speak Welsh, but we're not an English church. Okay. So that we have English and Welsh speakers and we want to be flexible and, and adaptable and we want to reach out to the community as well. How, which, how does that actually cash out? Do, do you end up doing some things in Welsh? Not you personally, um, obviously, but the, They have the in the church. past. We, yeah. do, we do, um, we probably, it, that, you could do a whole other podcast on, on bilingualism. It's, Indeed, it's big, well, that's a good, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll note that one down. That's a good a one big, to do. Yeah. It's a big issue. Yeah. Um, Without going fully bilingual, I think an empathy for Wales in the Welsh right. language, okay. but in English, I, I think people still regard us as an outsider church. Okay. I was going to say, are people slightly suspicious of that? Yeah, sort of I, I think so. It's hard to convey how much the heart language means to people, especially in the area that we're in, and how um, aware they are of a kind of English sure, gentrification. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess with all the sort of holiday business coming in that must be yeah. especially so yeah yeah okay and and tell us a little bit of the church what sort of size is it what other people have you got serving with you um so um 35 uh, members yep. um probably well at the moment we've we've been because there's restrictions we've been 30 people meeting in the community hall but we we hope to get 40 or 50 on a sunday okay. morning um so i'm the sole paid em- employee um um, the pastor, I have another elder with me, um, a deacon in the church, a team of men and women who help and serve in different ways. And what sort of age profile in the church? Um, we're definitely in the 60 and above. Okay. A couple of young families. Mm. Um, do, do people, um, do sort of younger people in the area tend to move out when they sort of do that sort of university thing, go away and, and never come back? Is that a kind of yeah, the pattern? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you, there's not many kind of professional jobs uh, around so um you don't get people moving to the area yeah, with yeah. with a young family so people there's definitely in wales the the move towards cardiff yeah, um, yeah. now if you're not a welsh speaker um million dollar question what took you there in the first place uh that, yeah that's a good point so what's your what's your story briefly um uh, my Please. story was um that i was raised in a CV going home in Sandhurst. Um, so where down, we first met? Actually, yeah, where, many where years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it was at uni that I had a real awakening to the gospel. I was a uni in Swansea. Uh, I, I stayed there, worked with UCCF for a year. I stayed in a small church and a council estate there. Had uh, They trained me up for Christian ministry. I, I ended up going up to Mid Wales, serving at a Baptist church um, in Mid Wales, Landrindob, Wales. And when I was looking at ministry, I, I, I was preaching at churches. I just had a real unity with the the leadership there. There was a warmth and um, it wasn't really a, a move based on the, the language or the culture. I, I knew I wanted to reach out in a small area in Wales. Um, it was more the godliness uh, of the congregation and their, um, their love for each other and their love for the Lord that attracted me to the church. So, and tell us about family. Family, uh, four kids and, okay. uh, and my lovely wife, Rachel. Okay. And what age are the kids? Uh, they are 12, 10, 8 and 5. It's a full-time job looking after them, I should think. Yeah, that is, <laughs> is for each. So, yeah. Now, um, we want to talk a little bit about pastoral care. And obviously, um, pastoral care is very contextual, isn't it? Because yeah. it's going to depend on the size of church, the kind of people that you're ministering to, and all, all sorts of questions that we're well aware of. But there are a huge number of churches in the FIC, which are just like yours. Yeah. Um, 
uh, when I say yours, I mean I mean the one you're you're serving in. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean by that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a huge number of churches that are that kind of thirty-five sort of size. There's maybe one paid worker. Maybe he might even be part time. So there are limited resources. So just tell us how, uh, just in broad terms, first of all, how, how does pastoral care do you think fit into the life of the church generally? I think when I, I came to the church, they they very much wanted. There's a lot of smaller churches. They still want a pastor, so they they yeah. wanted preaching and they wanted care in their lives. They wanted that kind of pastoral leadership, and it was something that they really valued. Um, it's very more much like a more traditional kind of. Um, you people talk about the corner shop model, um, where the the pastor does yeah, quite yeah, a lot. Now, I yeah. wouldn't claim to do it all in the church. I've got a wonderful fellow elder who's who does so much pastoral care with me. But it is very much that pastoral uh, kind of corner shop model, yeah, yeah. which I, I've realised, don't knock it too much because in our context, it, it really yeah. works. So, so you're not a specialist in that sense. You're a generalist. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah, 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 yeah. So, and, and so being among the people, um, visiting, um, being in the village, being involved in people's lives, it is really, really key. It is kind of what people want and expect. And it, it, it also opens up opportunities. Now, uh, you, you were telling me earlier, um, just as we were chatting upstairs, um, that you had a sort of almost a bit of a, an epiphany, sort of moving from this transition of thinking you, know, you want to be a preacher to wanting to be a, a, a pastor. What's the connection, do you think, with, with good local church preaching and, and good pastoral care? Are they two separate things or, or are they are they more connected than that? Well, they're, they're really... Uh, con- uh, connected. It, um, I was thinking 1 Peter 5, um, pastor the flock that's among you. Yeah. So it suggests proximity. And so it's not just a, um, you know, demolishing people with wandering, wonderful, staggering sermons and, and they're changed. There, there's got to be a, a relational proximity and, and amongness of being with people. And small church ministry is wonderful but it's very challenging, but it gives that proximity that I can have a relationship with most people in the church and they can see that word that you're preaching worked out in your life. So, yeah, I think um, very much when I felt a call to ministry, I was very focused on the preaching um, and I wanted to communicate well and clearly. Yeah, and it's a very tangible thing, isn't it? To yeah. put your efforts behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're very much thinking about how you break down a text and stuff. The pastoral stuff I was... Um, kind of worried about uh kind of because you're dealing with grown-ups and uh, yeah. older people I so think. how can i ask you how old were you when you went to the church first of all uh, i was 30 okay um yeah just under 30 i've and when i started in ministry i was a bit i can remember my first visit to a older lady uh in in church and she just ran rings around <laughs> like <laughs> oh dear me i'm not doing that again um and she kind of but then you realize the real value of doing that kind of meeting yeah, yeah. and how you can help and stuff. So yeah. how did you learn that stuff? Um, watching, um, watching people, watching yeah. pastors. Yeah. Um, so uh, when I was in Swansea, watching the pastor there, being alongside him, uh, particularly being in mid Wales, uh, spent three years uh, funded by the church and really they wanted to invest and and that Monday morning that we'd spend together breaking down the Sunday, talking about the pastoral visits, watching it happen. Um, and I really advise people to spend time with people who are instinctively pastoral and make as many different friends in ministry who have different emphasis and ways of doing it. Just observing yeah. people's yeah. pastoral hearts is really important. And, and how does that 
what what does a pastoral week look like for you now? Obviously, there's no standard week, but is, is there a pattern to it at all? What what does it look like for you in church life? Yeah, I know that people have shepherding plans and yeah. get through their yeah. membership. Um, it's a lot more on the flight than that. Yeah. But it, it does look like... Well, that's honest. I, I think yeah, that's the yeah. reality of church life, isn't it? That yeah. some people are more demanding than others. Some people are needier than others. Yeah. So Monday is starting the sermons off for the, the, yeah. the, the yeah. week to come and recovering a bit from Sunday and praying. Um, key meeting over the last 10, 11 years has been the kind of Tuesday meeting with my elder in his living room um and i say my elder we belong to each other but uh um we kind of talk together um that's not we don't really have an agenda for that we talk about the sunday talk about what's happening in church a lot of the time spent talking about people and how we can help and and time praying for them and that's a big time um so just tell me a little bit more about him. Um, sorry, I'm, in, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, stopping no, you at Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So keep yeah. that in mind, Tuesday. Uh, tell me a little bit more about him because he sounds like a key guy in the church. Oh, he, he is. Um, uh, he um, The church was without pastor for quite a while and he was the kind of sole elder with um, two deacons during that time. And he did, just did a wonderful job. When I came to the church, it was funny you get that transition time where people are, yeah, they're kind of sussing you out, but they... They they talk to Phil and they want to see Phil and and they're very and they him and his wife just had a massive impact. So I think that's the other thing to raise, aren't there? There are people doing pastoral care who aren't in paid yeah. full time yep. ministry. Yep. In effect, they're they might pastors. Not, they might not even be recognised by the church. There, there's there's kind of care going yeah, on on yeah, lots yeah, different yeah, levels, yeah. isn't there? And they the might even themselves think they're not doing much, yeah, yeah. but they're doing huge amounts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So you meet every you meet once a week with him. Yeah, generally yeah. once a week, yeah. and we pray and, and we talk, and that's been a, it's extremely valuable. Mm. So there's this, uh, we do we do a similar thing. We're a slightly larger church than you, but not a huge uh, amount larger. We meet in the evenings, but we we make sure that we have two. In fact, we have two different kinds of elders meetings right. for church. We have what we call a, an elders business meeting where we yeah. do the kind of standard stuff. Um, and what we used to do then was we used to have a, an, an item on the agenda which was sort of pastoral issues yeah. and inevitably it's always at the fag end of the meeting yeah, yeah. Um, you know you're always tired and want the meeting to end and so you never give it good time so now we meet twice a month we have one meeting which is just business mm. and we have one meeting which is just pastoral care mm. and we go we have a list of people who come to church members children um, non-members, and we work through it. We take, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're a bit more methodical, perhaps that's because we're slightly larger, but we, we take five men, we take five women, five kids, and we we talk about them, we pray for them all by name, and then some, mm. you know, there are any emergency situations. But I, I think we're saying a similar thing, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. Which is that focus on people pastorally yeah. rather than just the business of church is a really healthy place to be, I think, for a leader. Yeah, and if I was doing it by myself with a list and it was just me, to have to do that relationally with a fellow elder is it keeps me accountable sure. and it yeah, yeah. It's, it's really helpful okay so we've got to tuesday uh, tuesday tuesday lunchtime <laughs> oh, tuesday lunchtime um yeah and i guess then there's um a mixture of reactive and proactive stuff okay. um so there are people who who are just in touch um uh, people who are ill people who are going through a particular season uh, questions sometimes on the Sunday sermon. So there's things to check out. But then also, I'm not so great at this, but proactively thinking, who who can I? Yeah. The, yeah. I, I guess the key thing is, pastoring is an instinct to go towards people. So uh, it's going out of your way 
to contact, even if somebody's maybe on the fringe of the church saying, how can I go towards this person? And you can feel a little bit um, nervous about doing so. You know, what would they make of me? Would they even understand sure, that? Yeah, yeah. I, and I mean, there's people who come to churches who aren't used to visits from the pastor. That's the thing about small church. We've yeah, had people yeah. from larger churches or city areas come and they're slightly freaked out by the fact that people <laughs> want to know them and the pastor wants to visit. Yeah, they wonder what you're coming for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas that's, uh, and after a while, find that good, like it. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, so trying to have maybe two or three proactive planned visits to, to see people. Oh, can I come and see you in the evening? Can I can I come and see what you're doing? Um, I mean, it's a lot of my congregation are retired, so it's 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 no big thing. Yeah. So maybe a couple of people in work. Um, so yeah, try and combine so those kind of things. There's an awful lot of giving out there, Pete. You know, you're, you're meeting with different people. Yeah, um, listening to their joys, listening to their struggles. It's quite an emotional, full-on emotional thing. How, how do you guard your own heart in that? Um, yeah, um, that's it. something I've learned to do. Um, it is, I, I found that probably five years, six years in, just the, um, the emotional caring for people kind of quite a toll. Yeah, as, yeah. So, Certainly Which I think probably, I mean, I, I did as, yeah. as a young pastor, yeah. you do underestimate, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also the feeling of, um, I've described it as the reverse Midas touch. You go through seasons where everything you touch seems to be coming <laughs> wrong. And, uh, or, or like, uh, yeah, and that can be. Yeah, which heavy. can just make you question yeah, calling yeah. and you yeah. know, are you in the right place and all those yeah, kinds yeah, of yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, time. Um not having too high a standards of your yourself. Just say a little bit more about that. That sounds intriguing. Um, that sounds as though you're setting the bar very low, but I think yeah, you're saying yeah. something slightly different to um, that. So tell us a bit more about that. So um, obviously, if you're going into pastoral ministry, I, I remember hearing John Thomas saying in a talk, uh, he's a pastor in Abergavenny. Yeah. Um, if you're in pastoral ministry, it's probably because you've, you're quite a sensitive person generally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not everybody, but generally sensitive. So it means you spend a lot of time thinking about things and, and weighing on things mm. and probably have quite high standards for yourself. And I, I think the New Testament does have high standards for pastors Indeed. and care yeah. and, yeah. and and that's a good thing. It's just when they become a kind of a rule system or a perfection right. that uh, that we are people who stand before God in the love of the shepherd. We're sheep before we're shepherds. Indeed. We're cared for. Yeah. And so that... That's, and there is a chief shepherd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're not in control yeah. of it. Yeah. And there is... Um, I've been thinking a lot about um, Psalm 147, about how the Lord... There's a wonderful... He, he gathers his flock and he, his power, he numbers the stars and he's able to gather the outcasts of Israel and that God is working above and beyond your pastoral efforts. There's always situations that just look a mess and you don't see the end of or the end of the page, but God is able to redeem that and gather his people to himself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, resting in God's grace. Mm. Uh, that's what we're talking about. Aren't we? Like how do you, yeah. Perfectionism, rest. Um, oh yeah. I didn't say a key thing on Monday. Um, my wife, um, 
as a full-time mum. Monday is um, going for coffee with my wife. So that's a big thing. Friendship, friendship with other pastors, friendship with the congregation, um, things like that have been helpful. Um, not all of that, you sort it out at once, it, it plugging away at it. Um, yeah. So it's again, it, it's it's sort of seeing a medium term rather than the short term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, I mean, it's, it's it's great what you're saying. Um, it, it's encouraging to me because I've been in that situation. I know what it feels like. Um, I, we have to learn, don't we, as pastors and as leaders in churches, we have to learn sometimes to be able to leave people with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, someone leaves church, goes somewhere else, or, or moves away, and you you can't keep pastoring them. <laughs> From a distance, yeah. you have to leave them with the Lord. And actually, very intractable situations sometimes. You have to say, Lord, I've, 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 I've tried to help. I've done what I can, but I've got to, I've got to give it into your hands. Yeah, we get in our, um, and this is not a complaint, I'm not moaning. Um, I've had more people kind of come, we really like the church. We've got to move for work. We've got to move on. Yeah. And um, you've, we, I've seen more members go uh, than kind of come and stay yeah, in yeah, the time. Yeah. And um, recognising that pastoring is, gracious pastoring is just getting people to where they need to be going, mm. not necessarily hanging on. Uh, if you're giving them up for the sake of the gospel, if they've had some benefit from being in the church and sure. seeing the Lord's, that's a good thing. So, yeah, mm. that kind of mm. uh, thing. I'm making it sound wonderful. It's not. <laughs> well, it's I think not. we all know, don't we? I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're being very honest as well. You know, pastoral work is can sometimes be a grind, can't yeah. it? And I, I thought that insight was really helpful. You know, that pastoring is moving towards people. There are people in church, aren't there, who are always moving towards you. There, there are yeah. people who can be quite demanding. Yeah. Um. Some sometimes, um, justifiably so. Yeah. Sometimes just because they're they're very, you know, they can be. Um, abnormally needy you know you know what i mean yeah. they, can, they can just be a particular drain on you how do you deal with those kinds of people you know how do you make sure that you divide your time wisely that's that's always been a real challenge for me and any wisdom for me on that um no well so being in a small church we're quite small we're not we don't look very successful so it's not like people are looking at me going oh i got to be near him he's, yeah, the, okay. he's the route to power okay. nobody looks at me like that i don't think so it, it's it's probably a different dynamic. Um, establishing boundaries over time. Uh, the church are very good generally. Um, I, I do think pastors need to be, you know, approachable when people need them. So there are phone calls in the middle of the night, and yeah, but yeah. but they're few and far between. Uh, so. And that's the nature of pastoral work, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, when you're talking about a day off, I remember friends in a large church saying, "Got to be, you know, absolutely um, uncontactable on your day off." And, and I said, "Well, actually, the church where I was at the time, church you know, Yately, if someone dies on my day off, I want, they've got to be able to call me." Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I think the the dynamic in a in a smaller church is it a lot of it does fall on you, yeah, and you've got to do what you can within within boundaries, but you've also got to have some flexibility around the edges, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, I guess the, the kind of person you're talking who can be quite intense, um, yeah, working that over, over time, um, mate, that can change, ebb and flow. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it, yeah, I, I suppose the smaller church issues of seeming favoritism and stuff can be a, mm. a big issue and you've got to watch that and, um, yeah, try and be a, approachable to most people. I, I want to link with mo everybody in the congregation, some kind of link, some kind of open door. 
um, with everybody. Do you, yeah. do you think sometimes, and this can, I don't know if this is true or not, where you are, that, that people feel um, it needs to be the pastor who's doing the pastoral care? Do you, do you feel under some of that pressure? Or, or do you feel actually there's a good spirit of, um, of looking out for one another? Because I've, I've I certainly think, served in a place where people felt, you know, unless the pastor came, yeah, that there was no care going on. I, th- I think there is still that view. So I do think like a full-time uh, pastor among the elders, um, yeah, that first among equals view, I do think it's important. I, I am cautious about the elevation of the pastor. Sure. You know, it's got to yeah. be him. Yeah. Um, I think people will instinctively move towards the person who's preaching the word most um, and want some kind of leadership. I think we, I think we do have a good balance because actually I've got a, like a lot of smaller churches who've been together for a long time. There's a lot of mature Christians. Sure. So yeah, I'm amazed yeah. at the way that they move towards each other, ring each other up. I've got some very godly uh, ladies and, and men and women who are in, they wouldn't say they were doing it, but they, they partially yeah. care for each yeah. other. Yeah. Um, which is which is great. I've, I'm thinking of someone in our church actually, who um, uh, a, a retired woman who um, is always sending texts and, and mm. WhatsApps, and um, you know, you kind of think I've got to I've got to go and see so and so, and you turn up to see so and so, and they say, oh yeah, um, this 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 woman's been in contact and been texting me every day to encourage me, and you just think, praise the Lord for that. That people like that are like gold dust, aren't they? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I get really encouraged when um, somebody's got a question about something. So I had to um, coffee with someone four or five weeks ago who, who just said, look, I'm really troubled about um, questions my friends are asking me um, about the gospel. Um, can you help me? And so, so we met and talked about the personal evangelism, which it doesn't is not something that happens where people ask those questions. It was just a thrill. Yeah. So that, yeah. that the... Um, the added impromptu moments are wonderful. Yeah, they are, um, aren't they? Yeah. Um, now, Pete, you've just started serving on the Trust Board. Yes. Um, which is a great help to us. So um, if, if people don't know who are listening or watching, uh, the FIC is obviously an association of churches. Um, the, that's where the, the kind of the authority lies in the local churches. And the way that's worked out in the FIC is we have Trust Board, which is made up of, of 12 church leaders who are voted for by the churches and you've just taken that on so thank you very much you're here for the trust board meeting so thanks for serving um, yeah. not just us here fic staff but actually the whole of the, the network of churches we're really grateful for that we'd love love to pray for the church just yeah. tell us again how we pronounce it i'm not even going to embarrass myself by trying to do it i know the capital bit is the easy bit um henry yes. okay so it's the village that bertrand russell the um uh, philosopher and atheist uh, lived in and he died right. in. Okay. So, um, so is he yeah. buried there? Um, he's got a house there that I often, oh, well, obviously he's yes. not there yeah. at the moment. But, uh, <laughs> It'd be empty, wouldn't he it? He might <laughs> be buried there, yeah. He's got a house that, um, where he died that okay. I walked past quite a bit. So, okay. yeah. And and for the church, you know, we, we'd love to be praying. Give, give us two or three things that we could pray for, for the church. Um, so basically, same as everybody, rebuilding back after COVID, sure. we're meeting in a community centre now. Um, we'd love to be gathering more people. We're quite encouraged that there are two or three, our fringe has grown, two or three and a few, well, one person in particular who's interested in Christian things. So to us, that was really yeah. encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. We took on board actually something that we heard John Stevens say um, at the um, leaders thing in Cardiff. We were saying to rural pastors, pray for one conversion. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And we've kind of taken that on. I've been holding that 
look, let's pray. Let's not pray nebulously for conversions. Let's say, look, Lord, could you give us one? In the next two or three years, we'd like to see one person and um, soundly converted, brought into the fellowship. Um, and people have got behind that. And it's interesting, since we've been praying that, it's it's not mystical. We've seen, we've had contacts with two or three yeah, people. Great. So pray for our meetings in the community centre, rebuilding the church. Um, we'd love to do something evangelistically with um Passion for Life coming up in East of it. Uh, I need to organise that yeah, and think yeah. about what we're yeah. going to do. Um, and the other big prayer is um, we've got an old building that's um, a wonderful chapel building, but it is um, not accessible. And we need to think about what to do okay. with that. So, so building issues, location yeah, issues, yeah. which can loom very large, can't they? Yeah, of course yeah. they can. They in, mean a lot as well to members who've invested a lot yeah, in sure. the church and stuff. So yeah. they're big. Well, we'll be happily praying for those things. Thank you, Pete. Thanks so much for joining us. It's been a joy just to catch up and to chat, and uh, bless you in your ministry and you. um, at home and at church. And indeed, with the Trust Ball today, thank you very much for that. Every blessing. And, thank um, you. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for joining us on Independence, which is the FIC podcast. You can subscribe through all the normal channels and we look forward to meeting you again soon. Thanks.